I went back and looked at chart. You know, I'm a chartist as well. Um, and, you know, I, I love, you know, and I'm also, I, I study market psychology. And I'm seeing the exact same signs that I saw in, say, 1999 through like 2002. I'm seeing those, those same, uh, that same market psycho- psychology starting to play out right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Angel Research Podcast. We're here as usual today to discuss the market's hottest stock stories and investment opportunities. Uh, Today, we have a special guest with us, uh, Mr. Brian Hicks, who is the founder and owner of Angel Publishing. Brian is a uh, pretty successful businessman and investor. And today, he's going to talk with us about uh, some intelligent investment decisions he made in 2022. Uh, We're going to talk about some recent predictions made by the uh, team here at Angel Publishing. Uh, talking about Bitcoin, gold, commodities, etc. We're going to talk about Brian's uh, market outlook in 2023, uh, maybe some t- of his like favorite investment opportunities, and we may even reveal some of these secrets to his success. Uh, quick disclaimer, uh, nothing that we say here today is personal financial advice. We can give you tools and insights, but we can't make trades for you. Also, please like, comment, and subscribe, or even better, join our uh, Discord community, which we've recently launched. Uh, this is a private investment community of uh, like-minded speculators, investors. It is completely free to join. The only uh, catch is that there are limited slots in the links below. We'll leave those links in the description and in uh, a comment, which we will pin to the top of the page. Welcome, Brian, to the show. Thank you. Uh, I think maybe for those who don't know, we should uh, maybe you can tell us like who you are, um, why you started Angel Publishing, what Angel Publishing is, and then maybe give us a quick pitch uh, on why you think that every person or every investor should uh, subscribe to at least one investment newsletter. Sure. Um, I started in this industry, the financial newsletter publishing industry in 1994. Um, I had just graduated from uh, graduate school, actually. And um, I was interested in writing and finance and economics. And in 94, we were, the U.S. was in a recession. And so I applied to a company called Agora, which a lot of people know about. And they, I applied for a writing job, but I didn't get a writing job. Um, they called me in for a customer service job with the promise that if I, you know, learned the ropes that I would become, you know, I could uh, advance to be a writer. And I took the job because there, was, there weren't many jobs available um, even for, you know, a graduate school grad. And when I took the job, um, when I started, I was, I couldn't, I couldn't believe that a company like, like that, like Agora existed. It was so, it was so non-mainstream. It was non, you know, you know, mainstream media. They were talking about things that, you know, for at the time were just really, really off the wall and, and, kind of underground stuff. And I just fell in love with it. And um, Bill Bonner, who's the president and founder of Agora, um, you know, for, you know, he was a bit of a revelation for me. You know, he was a deep thinker. Uh, He's probably the greatest essayist um, of my generation. And I was at Agora for 10 years. And I quickly grew from customer service rep to, um, launching my own investment services. 
And by the time, you know, by, you know, by the 10 year mark, I had become a pretty big fish in a very small pond. And there were things I wanted to do that Agora, Agora wasn't, wasn't going to allow me to do. Talk about really sort of, um, uh, predictions that were really, really, you know, just revolutionary at a time. Like for instance, like peak oil, like the world was, run, was running out of cheap, easy to get oil. Um, and so I started Angel in 2004, really on the back of that single idea. And, um, you know, the rest you could say is history. And that one prediction really started this garden that was fertile for other like-minded people to come to Angel with what they saw were these visionary um, ideas and predictions that nobody was talking about at the time. And still to this day, nobody talks about. Um, you know, if you look at our history, at our predictions, we were ahead of pretty much every major prediction in the last 20 years. And that's why I think people, if, that, if, that's, if that's what you like, and if you're a like-minded person when, when it comes to, you know, being ahead of the crowd, that's why you should re read our stuff. All right. Fair enough. Uh, speaking of you being a little bit ahead of the curve, I want to kind of uh, reverse a little bit, go back to the beginning of 2022. Um, I know that you sold a lot of your stocks, uh, you know, pretty early in the year, um, and then you kind of started buying back in. Uh, I was hoping you could kind of walk us through your strategy at the time. Um, you know, what was going on in your head? Uh, what information were you basing some of your decisions on? Uh, maybe you could say how, how some of those decisions played out for you. Sure. Well, it actually started in late 2021, actually. I was on a road trip with my family, and my I have nephews that are in their early 20s. And during this road trip, um, they kept asking me questions about cryptocurrencies. And, you know, they they knew what they were talking about. But the fact that I was, you know, they were asking me all these questions about stuff that I didn't even know about. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw that as a as a bad sign that this maybe the this the the, uh, the cryptocurrency market was a was a bubble about to burst, and because there was so much speculation, so much speculative capital in cryptocurrencies, it was going to spread mm -hmm. through other markets. Okay, and that's when I actually I started warning people here. I was like, that's a bad sign. You were definitely vocal about it. Yeah, I was definitely vocal about it. And I started selling and, um, you know, lo and behold, you know, that my prediction wasn't really a prediction. I just started personally, just started telling people, Hey, you might want to like, think, think twice about this. Um, <clears throat> and so I started selling, I, I sold pretty much, you know, my entire portfolio in the first quarter of 2022 after, um, you know, after in November of 2021, you know, I was just seeing signs, like, just personally, that things were about to about to pop. Sure. So that's what I did, and anybody who was was willing to listen to me, um, you know, I hope they took my advice uh, because you know it. The all that capital, all that speculative capital in cryptocurrencies, you know, it had a contagion, and just everything else started to sell off. So heading into two thousand twenty three. Uh if you could say that there's, you know, one lesson or one takeaway that investors uh, could have picked up from last year, what would it be? Uh, you know, it's read history books about 
market market bubbles because you know what happened in cryptocurrency was a textbook example of what happens when a you know a, a you know a speculative frenzy pops and you know you know i've been in this industry for you know 30 you know almost 30 years now and i was around for the dot com bubble and bust and i'm i went back and looked at char I, you know i'm a chartist as well um and you know i i love you know and i'm also i i study market psychology and i'm seeing the exact same signs that i saw and say 1999 through like 2002, I'm seeing those, those same, uh, that same market psych psychology starting to play out right now. So you, you feel like we're kind of in a very similar situation of a post.com boom where stocks have sold off and there's a lot of good buying opportunities out there right now? There is, but there's, there's a hangover effect. Okay. So, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but you know, the tech, you know, you know, the NASDAQ was tech heavy. That's where all the speculation was in 98 through 2000. Okay. The NASDAQ never got back to its 2000 level. It took it, it took it 15 years. Okay. So there was a huge hangover. Yeah. Um, my opinion, there's going to be a huge hang hangover uh, with cryptocurrency as well. It might not take 15 years, but it's going to, it's going to take a while. And all that speculative capital that was in a dot-com bubble of you know 98 through 2000 that's going to, that's going to go into other assets asset classes um or it went into other assets asset classes like commodities and gold and silver um same thing's going to happen with all that speculative capital that just left cryptocurrencies it's going to go elsewhere now um so that's where i see the opportunities today is that speculation is going to be going into you know I believe we're, we're, we're heading into a, a commodity super cycle. Um, so that's where, that's where I'm putting my money right now. Yeah. Uh, so I want <clears throat> to, you've been talking about some predictions that, you know, some people at Angel have been making. Uh, I kind of want to run down a list of like, I told you so's that you kind of had, what you were hitting me up with uh, sure. before we, uh, you know, came in here. Um, so we, I guess you mentioned Bitcoin, you mentioned uh, a gold setup for a bull market, Luke uh, Burgess calling the bottom. You mentioned that commodity super cycle, and then you mentioned uh, expansion of energy infrastructure. Could you comment on any of those? Yeah, sure. If you go back and if you if you look at our um, if you look at my our, our podcast from no, November tenth, and we can play a clip for for that, right, John? So so until you see that, and I think we're seeing that right now, like some of these strong hands are just are are not just you know uh, folding their cards, but they're actually going they're going bankrupt. So where's the bottom then? Um, I think uh, the bottom rate, I would say, I, I think the bottom's happening right now. So buy? I would be a buyer, yeah. I, we actually said that it was such a huge sell-off in cryptocurrencies that there was going to be, you could call it a dead cap bounce or just, a, you know, a, a rebound. And, you know, we actually said it was a, cryptocurrency was at a bottom. Pretty much going hard into the biggest risks I can find. I have obviously like a mainstream portfolio with with low risk stuff in it and I, I do have cash enough to live off for a while if the shit really hits the fan, but I'm taking the biggest risks. Ever. That's a sign right of a now. bottom. That's a sign of a market bottom. The fact that he's taken Matt the biggest risks of his life. Well, I'm taking the biggest risks because I, I think that we're we're nearing a bottom or at least, you know, approaching it. That's and since then, as of yesterday, um, 
from from November 10th to you know yesterday, Bitcoin's up 60%. Um, I can't tell you what it's going to be a year from now. All I know is that that was that was a no brainer play. Mm-hmm. Um, another call we made, and this was um, our resource expert was um, Luke Burgess, and on November 9th. He play, um, He published an article. It's I got it right here, actually. Uh, gold prices have bottomed out. Invest now. And that was November 9th of last year. And since then, gold is up 12%. Okay, that was another no-brainer because all that speculative capital that was being led out of Bitcoin or, or all cryptocurrencies was going to other hardcore. Uh, assets like gold and silver. Yeah. Okay. So, so you see a bullish 2023 uh, for commodities. Any uh, gold, silver? Can you just? Can, can I throw a dart at the at the board randomly, or is, are there any commodities that you think like, specifically are going to crush it? Well, I think anything that has any sort of um, application mm-hmm. to the current energy transition that we're going through. So, you know, lithium, graphite, graphene, copper. You know, all those commodities are, are, in my opinion, are in the beginning phases of, of a long bull market because I saw that exact same scenario play out 20 years ago. Yeah. And uh, if, if you're trying to get exposure to those markets, are you just kind of like, are you trying to buy something that just like follows the price of the asset or are you going for more uh, speculative uh, plays that are going to leverage the money like, you know, miners and, and individual companies that are participating in these uh in those commodities. Well, I actually went back and I did some 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 more historical research. And um, had you bought like Newmont Mining in two thousand, um, that was up four hundred percent in like two or three years. And same way with the junior miners, it was it was just it was a broad based uh, bull market. Yeah. Um, however, uh, by say two thousand and ten, there were something like 600 uranium miners out in the market. Yeah. So you have to, you have to buy when people, you know, hate it and sell it when people love it. Sure. It's just, you know, it's, it's the age old, you know, axiom. So everyone's jumping on the bandwagon and you want to get in there before, you know, oh, totally. as yeah. early as possible. Right. Well, I mean, everybody was hating Bitcoin, you know, late, late in, uh, you know, late last year. And, uh, you know, all these big firms were going out of business and there was something like something, you know, investors, only 8% of investors had a favorable opinion of cryptocurrency. When I see psychology like that, that is the time to back up the truck. Yeah. I think that's the kind of the, it's the common theme with Angel is that there's always been a contrarian stance on things. You know, we were telling people to buy Bitcoin when it was like, I don't know, like, it was like forty dollars or something. It was like really cheap, and, yeah. I, and we were telling people to sell when it when it was going crazy. So, uh, I do think that that's probably one of the key ways to make money in the market is to, you know, take advantage of that psychological aspect because, you know, that's where people get pricing wrong is when they let their emotions kind of you know guide their decision making. And if you can take advantage of that, then it's a pretty easy way to make a you know fairly quick buck. I think we were. I actually think we were talking about Bitcoin in like 2010, 2011. It was, it was early. I've dug up some really early articles and, and it was. Like, and, you know, 
back then it was still, it was unproven. Yeah. But that's, that's the nature of angel publishing is like, we, we, you know, you know, we, we check all the boxes on what makes, you know, a, a new technology potentially huge. Okay. And sometimes we take a, you know, we take a risk and sometimes, you know, that risk does crazy well, you know, sometimes, you know, it doesn't, I mean, you're not, you know, you're not perfect, Yeah. but this one was, this one was, was perfect. Okay. So we've already talked about some, uh, you know, areas of the market that you like in 2023. Are there any, uh, kind of like red flags or dangerous sectors that you think that investors should stay away from? Uh, hmm. Well, I'm not sure I would be a crypto buyer right now. I mean, it's up 60% in, in, in three months. Sure. I would, I would wait for, you know, I would wait for a pullback. Um, so I would be very, very cautious in, in that, in that uh, market. I would be a big, big buyer right now of tech. Okay. A huge buyer because it got decimated last year. Yeah. So I would be a huge buyer of tech right now. I would be, um, I'll be, I would be buying gold and silver on dips. Um, any commodity, you know, pretty much all major commodities I'd be buying on dips for a long bull market. Um, right now, you know, you know, I think a rising tide lifts off ships. And so I think right now we're in a rising tide right now. So anything that pretty much anything that you want to buy, you're going to, it's going to, it's going to go up. Um, so right now it's, it's a good time. Okay. Are there any uh, black swan events that you could see happening in the next uh, year that you think that, you know, people aren't prepared for, or even maybe there are some of the obvious ones. What, what are some things that really scare you? Oh yeah. Well, um, the one that really stands out for me is, is, uh, a, a, you know, a military conflict with China. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we, we've seen what Russia and, and, and Ukraine, you know, what's happening there. And that seems to be right now, that seems to be a long drawn out war. I mean, it's, we're going on a year now, um, whether or not, you know, you know, nukes happen, if, if Putin, you know, resorts to nukes, you know, I think that's already priced in into the market. What's not priced into the market is um, is if China invades Taiwan mm -hmm. and what the world reaction is going to be to that. Did, have you uh, been following the news at all with the the spy balloon? I have. have you seen anything about that? What's going What's going on there? Well, I mean, they're saying it's a it's a it's a weather balloon. Yeah. That's what China is saying. Um, that's right? what yeah. China is saying. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but you know, they know what they're doing. Yeah. You know, they're you know they're 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 seeing how far they can sure. pu you know, push it and see what what our reaction is going to be. Um, an interesting tidbit is that next next week I'm going to Thailand for two weeks and I'm I'm going to be asking a lot of questions over there of people in Asia of what their opinion is of what they you know what they see you know, what's going on. Sure. Um, so I should, you know, boots on the ground. I should have a pretty good idea of what they think is happening and what they what they're predicting is going to happen in the next uh, year or two. Yeah, that makes sense to kind of I mean, I feel like we can live in our own bubble and to get that kind of outside perspective is definitely valuable. Totally. Uh, so wanted to ask you about uh, a retirement letter that you've been talking about uh, potentially launching. Um, do you have any details on that that you're willing to share yet? Uh, what's it going to involve? Maybe a target date for, for when you're, you're... Sure. The tentative name of the letter is uh, Alpha Retirement and Lifestyle. And it basically is, it's a, it's a model, it's a letter that's going to be modeled off my life. Mm -hmm. 
you know, not just, you know, retirement uh, investments, but also, uh, you know, as you know, I'm a workout freak and I'm 54 years old and I've not, I've I'm in the best shape of my life. OK. And it's not, you know, it's not that I have any sort of insight, like unique insight. I follow just I follow smart people. OK. And I've condensed it all into this one program where it's, you know, it's, you know, mind, body, spirit. And um, and especially for people for, you know, people my age who are really everybody I talk to my age, they're so interested in living a healthier, healthier lifestyle. And I want to make that happen. And not just, you know, health, but just, you know, um, you know, philosophically, you know, just living, living, living the good life. And it doesn't, it, the secret is that it doesn't take that much. It just takes dedication and motivation. Um, as you know, I'm a pickleball fanatic and that's where I get my cardio. You know, I, I hate running. Yeah. <laughs> but when I play pickleball, you know, I, you know, if I pay, play pickleball for two or three hours, you know, I, I am, you know, I'm, I'm just drenched in sweat. So that's one of the keys is find something that you love doing so much that you don't even think that yeah. you're actually exercising. So, and that, you know. All right. Um, I have a bunch of additional topics on here. Um, AI, chat GPT, you got any comments on that? <laughs> well, in, in terms of the actual technology, um, we are at the, you know, we're at the beginning phases of a revolution. I think so too. So, you know, just as, just as the internet um, disrupted so many in industries and Apple's iPhone disrupted so many industries, um, AI is going gonna, is gonna to disrupt a lot. And we shouldn't be scared of it. Okay, we should actually embrace it because it's going to make our, our lives a lot better. Um, it's going to enhance our lives. And even if you are scared, we'll just adapt to it. Okay. You know, I grew up, you know, when I was in high school, you know, my, my, the way I published papers was on a brother typewriter. Okay. When the PC came out, you know, were, were people scared that all those jobs at typewriter factories were going to go away? Well, maybe, but, you know, 30 years later, you know, it, we just adapted to it. And so that's, we're going to adapt, we're going to, we're going to adapt to this. We're going to engage, we're going to, um, use it to great effect. And the, the, the wealth that's going to be created by these companies is going to be phenomenal. Just the way internet and, and, and Apple's, um, smartphone, you know, the smartphone, the iPhone wasn't just, you know, that in a, in a, you know, in itself created other industries. Like, you know, you know how many people yep. became millionaires by just developing, you know, apps like Instagram and Snap and, you know, all these. So that it's going to be huge. Yeah, so, well, I think people are always afraid of change. Sure they are. And, uh, you know, obviously it's going to, you know, I think AI is going to destroy a lot of jobs, but it's also going to create a lot of jobs as well. And uh, yeah, I mean, you can't be the, was it the Luddites who were smashing the stocking frames, uh, <laughs> you know, during the, the Industrial Revolution. And, you know, those people always lose. They don't, you know, you don't, the only way you're going to win is to embrace the change and to be the guy who's opening up the factory. Uh, Change is constant. So um, either embrace it or be left in a dustbin of history. All right. I got one more uh, you know, group of questions before I uh, let you go today. Uh, 
we've got a lot of economic data over the past like week or two. We got some uh, you know response from the Fed. We got the jobs report that crushed uh, you know estimates today. What's your uh, thoughts and opinions on all that? Well, I think we are. Um, <clears throat> I think we're 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 going into an economic expansion. I mean, we we've we we you know COVID and the lockdowns. You know, I can't I can't overestimate the economic damage um, that these lockdowns did to 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 economies all around the world, especially in America. Um, you know, you look around here, and you know, our offices in Baltimore City, and you walk around just a couple blocks and you, and you still see empty storefronts. Oh yeah. This neighborhood got decimated. This, so, this, so many neighborhoods. This neighborhood got decimated and so many restaurants went out of business and, you know, you know, I'm not, I'll never forgive these people for what they did. I won't. Okay. Um, there was a lot of people who predicted what, you know, what was going to happen and, you know, they, they didn't listen. Yep. Um, so oh, I have an article that I wrote when I was still writing for uh, for Angel and just like I was basically saying that, you know, the economic consequences of this are going to be absolutely massive. And I was demonized at the time yeah. um, and got like completely blasted on by people on Twitter and whatever, like, you know, that, you know, you're like a bad person for considering what was going to happen. And we're kind of we're finally seeing those effects and they're coming into play. And it just feels like people, you know, everyone who is pushing that agenda is just kind of like getting away with it scot-free. Like there's well, no. that's why you work for Angel, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I had a party, you know, I had a, a Chinese um, New Year's party over the weekend. And, um, you know, we actually talked about this. And you could tell the people that were so pro-vax that all of a sudden, you know, they're starting to like, man, what, what happened? Yeah. You know? Like it didn't protect me. I got sick. So um, that's why, you know, we're that we're that one voice out in the wilderness that says, you know, hey, you know, maybe there's a different, you know, a different perspective. You know, why are they pushing this so hard? You know, and, you know, Pfizer got record profits. You see that record profits. And then they he warned that he almost begrudgingly warned. that was like, well, next year is going to be different, you know, because, you know, yeah. you know, it's, you know, the, the pandemic is coming to an end. Sure. All right. Well, uh, Brian, it's been good having you on. Um, for everyone that's listening, please uh, check out the links below. Join the Discord. Uh, you know, be part of the conversation and uh, let us know what you think. And like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. And we'll see you next time. Thank you.